How were the first followers of Jesus proclaiming the good news in the first century? Hello friends, welcome. Thanks for listening. We are continuing a series on evangelism in the book of Acts. How did the first followers of Jesus proclaim the gospel? This is part four. We've looked at Peter's first sermons. We looked at Stephen's speech. And in our last episode, we looked at Philip's adventures going all over you know, Samaria to the down south to the desert to Azotus, preaching the gospel wherever he found himself. In this episode, we're going to get a brief foretaste of another powerful evangelist. We're going to look at Saul's first message, the Apostle Paul, the very first message that he preached. Then we're going to be looking at Peter and Cornelius and the first sermon that we have recorded to non-Jews. So I'm skipping most of the narratives in the book of Acts, and we're focusing only on the words that Jesus' first followers spoke as they proclaimed the gospel. So we can look and see how did the first followers of Jesus preach the gospel. So I'm going to skip most of Acts chapter 9, where uh, Saul goes from persecuting the church to having an encounter with Jesus, and he begins to proclaim Jesus. Look at Acts 9 verse 20. It says, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, he is the Son of God. So this is the first recorded message we have from the world's most famous evangelist, the Apostle Paul. And his message is that Jesus is the Son of God. And of course, later in the book of Acts, we'll get to hear many more messages from the Apostle Paul. And we can see what was the gospel that Paul proclaimed? What was he preaching and teaching? But for now, we just get this one little taste that Paul says, he is the Son of God. And then down in verse 22, he's confounding the Jews by proving that Jesus was the Christ. So Paul is proclaiming that Jesus is God's son and that Jesus is the Messiah in God's kingdom. Now we're going to look at Peter and Cornelius. Again, we're going to skip most of the narrative and most of the background. Uh, suffice to say that Cornelius is a soldier. He's a Gentile. He's not a Jew, um, but he's a, he's a God-fearer. He prays to God. He gives alms to the poor, and he gets an angelic vision to send for Peter. And Peter also has an, a vision uh, of these animals. And um, the vision is not about food, Peter later comes to understand. The vision is about people that Peter should not call anyone unclean any longer because this salvation, this gospel is being extended to all people. So at the Holy Spirit's prompting, Peter travels to Caesarea. Now, remember, again, this is a big theme in the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit is the one advancing the gospel. And so Peter is being led by the Holy Spirit, and we come to this first sermon preached to Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation Anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil 
for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. One of the things that's remarkable about that sermon to me is its brevity. I mean, I think that didn't even take me two minutes to read. <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit can't wait to burst out, to break out on these Gentiles. The Holy Spirit is just waiting for them to believe in the word. And then, boom, comes and fills them. And they begin speaking in tongues and extolling God. And Peter says, can, how can we not baptize these people? They've, re- they've already received the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is rushing just anxious to break out on these Gentiles to see the gospel spread beyond just the Jews or the Samaritans, but it's for all nations. And it says that they, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked for him to remain there with them for some days. This is a quote from F.F. F. Bruce's commentary on Acts. He writes, The early apostolic preaching regularly comprises four elements not always in the same order. One, the announcement that the age of fulfillment has arrived. Two, an account of the ministry, death, and triumph of Jesus. Three, citation of Old Testament scriptures whose fulfillment in these events proves Jesus to be the one to whom they pointed forward. Four, a call to repentance. And so we see these elements uh, here without the specific citation of scripture like Peter gave in his first sermons to the Jews. You remember that the very first sermon, Peter is quoting very specific scriptures out of Joel from Psalms, and here he's with these Gentiles, and so he doesn't really take the time to quote these scriptures except to say, to him all the prophets bear witness. So he does reference the Jewish scriptures, but he doesn't quote them the way that he did when he was speaking with Jews. And again, as I said in the beginning, the goal is not necessarily to find a boilerplate of specific words that we should learn how to parrot and repeat word for word to get the same results that Peter got. These men are following the leading of the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit direct where they go and what they say and how they proclaim the gospel. And of course, that's key. However, having said that, this is a pretty great outline of a very, very succinct gospel presentation. And of course, these people already had some knowledge of who Jesus was. These people were already God-fearers, so Cornelius and his house were not total pagans. They were already worshiping the God of Israel, and so they had some context. And obviously, uh, the news about Jesus had spread all over that part of the country or that part of the world because they were familiar 
with Jesus. He says they were even familiar with John the Baptist. And so he references those things. So he uses the knowledge that they already have. And in, there are some contexts where people have no idea who Jesus is. I, I've had many conversations where I ask someone, have you ever heard of Jesus? And they say, what's a Jesus? And so in those conversations, the starting point might be different. But nevertheless, Peter just offers this beautiful, succinct presentation about who Jesus is and how God raised him from the dead and appointed him to be the judge of all peoples. And boom, these people believe and the Holy Spirit breaks out in their midst. Now, the questions that we're really digging in on as we look at evangelism in Acts is how the first followers of Jesus proclaimed the gospel. Is what Peter said what we would generally hear when we think about sharing the gospel with someone today? And if not, why? And I'm not going to answer those questions directly. I just want us to be thinking about that and to be keeping that in mind as we look at these sermons and these gospel presentations in the book of Acts. There's something really interesting to me in this um, sermon from Peter when he says, In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And in the ESV commentary of the Bible, it says the word used here, the Greek dektos, acceptable, welcome, does not refer to legal justification before God, for which the New Testament uses the Greek daikaio and related terms. Nor is Peter talking about the basis for justification. Rather, the question here is whether God's favor is made available to Jews only, partiality, in verse 34, or is it now available to Gentiles also, those, quote, in every nation. Those who fear him and do what is right, this expression summarizes the behavior of someone whose life is pleasing to God. And I just think that's really interesting that um, Peter would make that statement. And I think it's really interesting that Cornelius positioned himself to be chosen as one of the first Gentiles to hear the gospel. And, you know, if he had been out drinking and carousing and, you know, just doing his own thing, it seems that he would have missed out on this gift. You know, as Paul talks about in Galatians 5, that those who live according to the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. And of course, there's a mystery here of God's sovereignty and man's free will. And I did a whole podcast on that called God's Sovereignty. And, and it's, it is, it's a mystery. You know, the, the two sides of a roof that come together over our heads, man's free will and God's sovereignty. But it would appear that Cornelius has done well to position himself to get this angelic revelation, to call for Peter and to be in a, to, to humble himself when Peter comes to him, you know, he, he bows down before him. So he's got this humble heart and he's ready to receive and he wants to know God. And I think there's something to be said for how God has worked in Cornelius's life up to this point to get him ready to receive the gospel, that God is drawing Cornelius to him. He's getting him ready and boom, he gets this great gift of being one of the first Gentiles to receive the Holy Spirit, to, to come in to the new covenant with God. In our next episode, we're going to continue looking at evangelism in Acts, and it's going to be the Apostle Paul's turn. 
going to get to hear Paul's preaching. How did Paul share the gospel? How were the first followers of Jesus proclaiming the good news in the first century? Thanks so much for listening.